TG Geeks, episode 129, August 7th, 2017. Geeks, geeks, and geeks, oh my. Hello and welcome to another webcast from TGGeeks.com where Ben and Keith, the two gay geeks, talk about all aspects of geekdom and nerdery. Sci-fi, comics, film, horror genre, you name it, we talk about it. I'm Keith Lane and we're coming to you from TG Squared Studios in lovely Phoenix, Arizona. And I'm Ben Raginton, also coming to you from, uh, I got nothing, Phoenix, Arizona. And we have an interview for you this time, somebody we've talked to before, but uh, we're going to just launch right into it here. And this time we have Mr. Jonathan Latt, author of The Geek, and he's got some new stuff coming up. So welcome back to the show, Jonathan. Thanks, guys. I wish it was in studio with you. Yeah, maybe we can do that um, so when, you come visit. <laughs> when you come yeah, visit. When you come we'll visit, come to visit us. Maybe yeah. we can do that. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe. Uh, I was thinking we'd, we'd just go get into trouble, but that's fine with me. You know, well, we, we can were... do that, too. We can do the show and then go get into trouble. Yeah, or vice versa, whichever makes it in, more fun. Or we can go get in trouble, and then when we get bailed out, we can do the show. We're definitely going back to that <laughs> meat restaurant. That was crazy. That was so good. The meat restaurant. Uh, yeah. What's it called? Arrogant Butcher. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so uh, definitely, definitely earned the arrogance. It was, it was <laughs> so good. But, you know, last year uh, at FanFest, and I think it was me, uh, you guys, and Chuck all in the room together. Yeah. And, and that was just so much fun. Yeah, that was you a great, know. that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that, that was, that was really good fun. And, and, and I think we just, it took maybe, I don't know, a minute for me to derail the entire podcast <laughs> and we just went south. So I was very well, proud. That's okay. Well, we do that all that. the time when we're on other people's yeah. shows. So it's, you know, hey, turnabout <laughs> is fair play. Exactly. Yeah. We need somebody to derail us even more than we derail ourselves. Well, you know, I'm always here for you. Yeah. And and always, always happy to do that. And it's it's so much fun to, to see you guys. Like, uh, we hung out not too long ago. We went to the, to the Tron screening. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Was, it was a lot of fun. Um, I, I will be, I, I'm, I, and I, look. Whoever's listening, I love Tron too, but man, if that is not a movie of its time, yeah, yeah, it, definitely, it's, yeah. It, yeah, it's it's certainly dated, yes, but yeah. oh my god, god, it, it just, still looked awesome on the screen. But though. it looked so incredible. That seventy millimeter print that they had was just incredible. Yeah, I I saw something online today. Uh, my my friend Thor, uh, yeah, that's his real name actually. Uh, had posted on Facebook, I am determined to find this movie for all the right and wrong reasons called Tammy and the T-Rex. Have you heard of this thing? No. no. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, it looks amazing. So, so, <laughs> so, so Denise Richards, this is like 1980s. Oh, my God. Her boyfriend, Paul Walker. Mm-hmm. Okay. His brain is put into the body of, I believe, a robotic Tyrannosaurus Rex by a mad scientist. Oh, dear God. Oh, so wow. It looks, it looks amazing. For for every Rift Tracks, Mystery Science Theater 3000 reason you could think of. So I will find this. 
and I will watch this. Yes. And I, I am so excited. It just looks so terrible and just so awesome. <laughs> I don't know how that one snuck under our radar. Yeah, we've, we've yeah, seen some too. pretty bad films. Stuff. Yeah. So I found a VHS copy, but that that's not going to do it. So I'm looking for a DVD. Yeah. Mm. You might be able so. to. I wonder if somebody maybe transferred it onto uh, to be able to get it in alternate means. Yeah. If, yeah if you right. never know. <laughs> I, I haven't I haven't been able to give it a, a huge search. I had to go get beaten up today, as you know. Yes. Um, you're doing well, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I don't know. Yeah. It, and here's the thing. And and, and this is you know, so that you can actually become Gary, is that Yeah. (laughs) You know, this is really sort of, uh, you know, I joined this gym uh, and it's not a secret. You guys know I have, you know, over a little over three and a half years of of sobriety at this point. And I I, I lived in Sherman Oaks and I moved to another suburb and I was going to, you know, regular gym and I had a trainer and everything. And I thought I was in good shape. Excuse me. Hang on. I apologize. And I found this gym up the street from my new house and, and I kind of wanted something different and it's a, you know, mixed martial arts gym and there's some professional fighters that train there. And when I started at the gym, uh, just about a year ago, I was doing combat conditioning, which is like CrossFit sort of stuff and Krav Maga and Krav Maga is great, but it's nothing I hadn't done before it was just being taught in a different way right and then the owner of the gym and a few of my friends from the gym tricked me into trying brazilian jiu-jitsu uh-huh <laughs> and i'm terrible at it but it's so interesting and it's so different that i'm kind of hooked and so you know look if you have any listeners that are sober you can still make bad decisions when you're sober. I've proven that <laughs> by by taking on Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And it's 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 insane. I have done things like even when I was drinking at my worst, I never took aspirin. Uh-huh. I take it wasn't until Brazilian jiu-jitsu that I started craving Advil. Uh-huh. And 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 I'm I'm you know you you have to think in a very different way when you're sparring and it's a, a punching kicking sort of thing it's very two dimensional you know you're standing up you're facing each other you know jujitsu it's it's two cats rolling in the street you have to think three dimensionally right what and and you know for a sober person you know you got to keep that ego stripped away right and it, you just got to do that every day and i meditate and i do what i need to do but nothing keeps you humble like being choked out by a 12 year old girl oh good <laughs> lord and 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 she's a very she's a she's a good kid um she she might have some anger issues i don't know but she's very accomplished she's been doing it since she was like 4 years old or 5 years old or something right and and, and so you know her technical prowess and and I don't just get beat up by 12 year old girls. I get beat up by, by young men as well. And they're all half my age and they have 3% body fat. And, you know, so I start off every sparring match with respect your elders. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, and that doesn't usually work, but it's very interesting. And, you know, my first class, I bruised two of my ribs on my right side. Oh my. And just as those healed, I, I, I bruised another rib on my left and then as that healed, I bruised on my right. And then as that healed, I popped a rib out on my left. Ow. And I've, I've broken my toe. I've sprained both my wrists. Oh, my. 
And uh, and I keep going back because I'm a moron. Uh, but it's it, it's an excellent workout. And again, I'm terrible at it. But I, I now and, and you have to be very careful when you are having have an addict sort of personality. And I know you guys know people, um, you know, I have to make sure this does not become an addiction. Right. So, you know, because I'd be in there seven days a week and then using a walker. <laughs> um, so I, I have to force myself not to go. And then there's guys that'll do two classes in a row and thank God I'm just never going to be in that kind of shape. I, I have one class in me a day. Yeah. And then there's just nothing. And I go home. I, I have a nice cry. <laughs> shower. I have a cup of tea. And uh, and and I, I watch my, my current obsession, which is Ozark on Netflix, which is amazing. I don't know if you guys have, have watched mm, that no, yet. I haven't no, watched that. No. no, I haven't seen that it's, yet. It's uh, brand new. It's Jason Bateman, who I think is very underrated. And he plays a money launderer who goes down to the other. It's very, very interesting. And, and I'm rewatching 30 Rock. <laughs> so, oh, boy. Ah. So um, I know that you've I, I, posted some pictures on Facebook and you, you just look beat up after each one oh, of those. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah, it, yeah. it's horrible. It, I'm, it's like two steps away from they're going to have to weekend at Bernie's me. Oh, dear. You know, and, and just prop me up. Uh, and, and, you know, the good thing is there's, there's this sort of mentality and, and I've been very, very fortunate cause I've heard, I've heard stories from other guys at the gym who either have done and some guys who like, we have, a, a you know, some pros, you know, some professional MMA fighters who train with professor Rudiger, uh, Gabriel, who owns the gym and he's a former, uh, MMA champ. And you know, there are certain schools where it's just not a pleasant place to be. And I've been very, very fortunate uh, because Gabriel would rather not have the money. You know, if somebody comes in and they're kind of an ass, he'll be like, yeah, we don't need you here. Hmm. So hmm. there's no attitudes allowed. Oh, cool. Um, and there's this sort of... And, and again, even the pros, everybody's really cool to each other. Uh, when you roll, there's, I, I don't know if you guys have ever been skydiving. No, oh, can't Lord. say that I have done it, that. Nope. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's the skydiving mentality. You know, you get onto the jump plane and everybody looks around at everybody else and sort of has this realization of, oh, you're all stupid too. And... So let's all be stupid together and let's bond. And and that's that thing with the Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Everybody sort of looks at everybody and goes, you're a maniac as well. Okay, this is a, this is a foundation we can build a friendship on. And uh, it's, been very, it's been very, very good for me. It's been very, very good for me. And I, I highly recommend it if you want to. And I don't do it for anything other than it keeps me humble. And it's a ridiculous workout. I mean, you're just dripping sweat um, at the end. So if you can deal with the pain. Yeah, it keeps you in shape. Uh, it's it's good, and you will never hear a Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy say the pain goes away. The only thing you hear from people is you get used to it. <laughs> right. That's it. No, you seriously, get, you get accustomed. Like, oh, you you get turn the pain off. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a low bar, but I I apologize. I could talk about it all day long, yeah. and I've been obsessing on. I even bought a book uh, about <laughs> Brazilian. Like, uh, yeah, it's terrible. So about the so, history uh, of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. It, well, it's actually it's called uh, uh, the Jiu-Jitsu Academy. Uh, -huh. uh, and it's very helpful. Uh, not, well, not to me, but in theory, 
Any uh, chance so, that you're going to start incorporating some of the philosophies of that into future books, maybe? Um, it's it's it depends on. It's so funny. I I had uh, Gabriel uh, read the book. Gabe Rudiger read the book, and he liked it except for he came to me one day when he was reading it, and so there's uh, a and I'm you know I'm, this isn't really a spoiler, but there's that that moment where the antagonist. Schmidt fights uh, Sheriff Dalton in Oak, Oak mm -hmm. Creek. Right. And he uses dragon-style kung fu. And the reason he uses dragon-style kung fu is because it's a pulp novel. Right. Right. And, and it's fun. And Gabe came in, he just looked at me and went, kung fu? Really? Really? <laughs> I'm like, it's a pulp novel, man. It's a pulp novel. <laughs> yeah. Like, Come on. I said, yeah, but... That the antagonist is a transvestite anarchist. Yeah, I'm not going for realism here, man. Uh, so that was that was like his one. That was his only critique. He was like, really, right, really. And the funny thing, of course, is he studied kung fu. But yeah, so you know, the, there's been some great stuff going on with the geek, and I don't want to talk too much about it because yeah. I'm not really allowed to. But you know, it got optioned by a couple of producers. Well, uh, tell for for those who have not listened to your previous oh. uh, interview and don't know really kind of who you are, tell them who you are and what you've done since we're, we've talked about The Geek, obviously. Oh, so. Okay, well, my name is uh, Jonathan Lanton. I'm a writer, and I've been a writer and consultant for ugh, going on uh, 18 years, and I've done mostly, excuse me, excuse me, uh, television and film. I did a lot of work as a script doctor, and what a script doctor is is, you know, studio or producer will come to you and go, can you punch up this dialogue? Can you do this? And I've also consulted a lot on, you know, projects that deal. I, I was known for a very long time as the Ooga Booga guy. So if it had anything to do with the paranormal or the occult or uh, conspiracy theories, I would get a phone call and be asked to go over either game materials for a video game or, you know, story stuff for a feature film or a TV series just to make sure that the mythology is correct. Right. You know, and I've had a bunch of stuff optioned. I've had things go to pilot script, but never been uh, produced. I always tell people it's, it, being a writer in the entertainment industry is a really great way to make a decent living without getting anything done. <laughs> With, um, without getting anything on the screen. <laughs> yeah, at, at all. Um, and, and again, being a writer is the closest thing to being a criminal without having to commit crime because you just feel like you're getting away with stuff yeah. all the time. So, so I, you know, the first thing I, I was actually, I started off as a packaging agent. I used to sell TV shows and then I became a manager producer and my partner uh, at the time, this was 1999. Yeah, I'm old. Um, <laughs> this toast is spicy. So uh, had come to me and he said, "Listen, you know." And we did documentaries, not reality TV, but document like real docs. And and he had come to me and he, and he said, "Listen, you know, you write all the treatments, we, you develop all our shows. Why don't you try writing a script? And let's go try and sell it." And at the time. You know, it's different now. At the time, you were very pigeonholed. If you were a sitcom guy, you couldn't pitch dramas. Same with the in the reverse. And nobody wanted to hear from reality documentary guys any shows for, you know, dramas or sitcoms or anything scripted. And I told him that. And he said, well, you know, give it a shot. 
And I had never written anything before, uh, written a script before. I had taken some seminars or whatever, and I still had all my notes. So I called a buddy of mine at CBS. <laughs> this is how long ago this was. I called a buddy of mine at CBS, and I said, listen, can you send me over a Nash Bridges script? <laughs> wow. Just, just so I can see the format. Right. Because I didn't even know the, the TV format. And, and he did. Uh, and so I, I had had this idea sort of in the back of my mind for a really long time, uh, for a show. And so I wrote it and I had never had more fun, uh, sober and with my clothes on than when I wrote this, this spec pilot. And I went to my partner and I, and I'm sure I could have strung it along, but it didn't feel right. So I just, I went to my partner and I said, look, I, I wrote something. I, I quit. I think I want to write full time. <laughs> and, and he was like, Oh yeah. Well, like he, like he, I think he wanted to be upset, but he knew instantly it was his fault. <laughs> um, because I never would have done it, you know? And, and I, and, and so I, I, you know, I left and, uh, it, I got, I got lucky and I didn't, I, you know, it ended up being optioned. This first thing I ever wrote. And so you think, oh, then it's just going to be a breeze from here on out. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so during that development process, when this first script of mine was being optioned, I came up with this other idea called The Geek. And I, you know, and this was, uh, you know, I think maybe The Matrix had come out. Uh, and, and it was before, you know, all, you know, this world we live in where comic book movies and TV shows are everywhere. And this was even before Alias, you know, uh, although it, it turns out, I think J.J. Abrams was developing Alias when I was developing The Geek. And I wanted to do a live action comic book. And that's how it was developed. It was a very 9 p.m. action, sort of fun, tongue in cheek show. And that got uh, optioned and and developed and 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 it didn't go anywhere and then the next season it got optioned and then went to pilot script and then didn't go anywhere and then a few years later it got optioned and developed as a screenplay and then didn't go anywhere for a feature film that didn't go anywhere and by that time i had started moving on to other projects and doing other things but i always really loved it and then a friend of mine about five years ago called me up and, and <laughs> the first thing he said was, okay, don't be mad, which is not how you start a conversation. Right. Right. That's mm -hmm. like, you know, don't be mad. I stole your credit cards. Don't be mad. I'm having an affair with your girlfriend. Uh, and he said, don't be mad. I said, okay, what, what have I you gave, done? Yeah. I, what did you do? He said, listen, I gave your, uh, script to a publisher friend of mine. They run a small publishing house and they want to talk to you about turning it into a book. And by this point, a few things had happened in my life. You know, my, my father had passed away and I, I was doing just enough to cover my, my expenses. You know what I mean? I'm and still putting money aside and, and everything, but really I was certainly at this point, cause I hadn't dealt with, you know, I acknowledged my dad's death, but I hadn't really dealt with it. And my dad and I were incredibly close. Um, and so I was just sort of, it was the start of drinking myself into oblivion. Right. Um, 
and I would take on a couple of consulting gigs a year and I, I, you know, and, and just, just whatever I needed to do so I could pay the bills and, and still have money for booze and drugs and, and maybe an, an occasional trip. And so I met with these people and they, you know, were very kind. They wanted to develop it and wanted me to do it as a novel. And so I had started writing the thing bef- about six months before I went into rehab <laughs> and, and I ended up in rehab and I had to call the, the publisher and said, look, it's going to be delayed. Um, I'm in rehab. And his reaction was literally, yeah, that's, it's fine. We're just basically going, yeah, we deal with writers all the time. They, they all end up in rehab. It's, we're not shocked. Um, well, especially down and, the Hollywood area, got to imagine that must yeah. be there. There must be a common uh, thing going on there. I mean, with just the nature of the business. Oh yeah, it's insane. It's insane. And and you know, it's 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 so so. I, I went I went to Betty Ford for thirty days. Um, ate a lot of chicken. Man, they serve a lot of chicken at Betty Ford. <laughs> uh, I always I always tell people Betty Ford really helped me deal with my alcoholism and cured me of my addiction to chicken. I see. Which is very helpful. Oh, I got out of there. I'm like, I'm not eating chicken for six months <laughs> just at all. Um, so, so I got out and I had been, I'd, I'd been writing it. Like it was, I was using the screenplay from 2009 as a guide for the book. And I got about 180 pages in. And that was when I ended up in rehab and I got out of rehab and I'm rereading it going, this just doesn't work. Right. Cause it was still very campy over the top. And that's when I turned it, I, I said, okay, wh- what am I doing here? And it just sort of generically turned into this way dark, um, pulp novel. And, and it sounds cliche and it sounds like BS, but it really is the best version of the story. And, and the response has been, you know, overall very um, positive, and and I get you know emails and 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 messages from from readers who who really appreciate it because you know it's so funny. People in the entertainment industry think, and and again, there's nothing wrong with it, but people in the entertainment industry think that geeks, people like us look at the big bang theory and go, that is an accurate representation of who we are. And that's really not how we look at it. And I, I know a lot of people who don't like that show because it does not feel like an accurate portrayal of who we are. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not all shy around women. We're, we don't all act like Sheldon. Um, and, and it's, it's a little insulting. I'm not saying it's not funny at times, but the reaction I've gotten from people who feel that I've sort of humanized this guy who, yeah, he's got issues, um, but he's not a weakling, you know, right. and it's really, especially the younger readers, you know, people between the ages of 17 and 24 uh, have been really grateful. Like, you know, I, I get uh, Green Lantern, as you guys know, the Green Lantern plays a very significant role in the book. And I get like Green Lantern stuff to my PO box nowadays. Oh wow! From it's very sweet. It's very sweet. So so anyway, so I apologize. So yeah. So if you're listening to this and you're interested, the geek is the story about a kid who was and is now that he's a grown man still a geek. He loves comic books, science fiction, 
video games, but he just happened to grow up and become an assassin for the CIA. And, and we love it. If you <laughs> and and you guys were very kind and and really helped a lot with that. Um, and uh, so if you want to read a book about terrible people doing terrible things, uh, pick up a copy. It's available on uh, Amazon and paperback or ebook. If you're in Los Angeles, uh, Skylight Books. Uh, and I love uh, supporting indie bookstores like Skylight because they support indie local writers like me. And so Skylight has it as well in Los Feliz. Um, so, so yeah, so that's, that's who I am. And, uh, you know, the, the, the geek was, uh, option that's being developed and hopefully, uh, it looks like a couple of really big people have come on board cool. and I just don't want to jinx anything or say anything too soon. Right. Uh, but it, it, it could, it, this thing could really end up as a TV series, which would be wonderful and of course it's it's so funny that it would you know it was a tv series twice then it was a film then it was a book now it'll probably end up as a <laughs> tv it's series, be a TV series. <laughs> yeah. yeah which is fine fascinating um yeah and the uh, the only other thing I, I i just wrote a pilot uh i got hired to write a pilot for for us uh something i again can't talk about just yet right you know, there's a lot of a lot of ndas in this town um but as soon as it is i'll let you guys know uh, oh, and please, that could yeah. end up being very very fun um, but other than that, I'm just working on a, a bunch of stuff, you well, know, you sound terribly I, busy. Yeah, I, yeah, I am. I, and, and it's good. Um, uh, you know, but you guys know from Facebook, I'm going on vacation for the first <laughs> time in four years. I realized, um, and, and I usually do these insane things where I'm like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll country hop or something every day. I'm just going to a resort and I'm going to sit, um, but I have, you know, I, again, you know, I, I'm not afraid of sharing too much, so I might as well say it. So between February and May, uh, February and June of this year, I was in a relationship with someone who was dealing with a lot of uh, trauma. Right. And she needed a lot of help. And, and so I didn't really do anything for four months other than look after her. And, and that's fine, you know, uh, but that's over. We're still friends. And so I've sort of been trying to play catch up because I've been trying to, you know, my, my publishers are great, but I, I formed a company called the chapel perilous and I'm going to self publish from now on, um, for a number of different reasons. And, uh, so I wanted to get this novella that I've been writing out in uh, next month. It's just not going to happen. But I've been able to start catching up on everything. The long delayed um, version, audio version of The Geek, I'm recording every Tuesday and Thursday, and I'm writing Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. So my new schedule is Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I get up at 5.30 in the morning. I you know, we'll meditate and then I'll drink a bunch of tea and I'll write till about 1130. Then I go get beat up and then I come home and I write till about seven. And then Tuesdays and Thursdays, I sleep in a little bit, get up around eight. I come straight into the recording studio here at my house and I do the audio, uh, book and, and then I go get beat up and Saturdays and Sundays, I just sleep and I work on getting beat uh, up. <laughs> yeah. Pardon. You work on getting beat up. I work on getting beat up. 
Uh, and I do do that, but no Saturdays and Sundays it's, it's blog posts and podcasts and, and I'm just launched a YouTube channel where right now all we're doing is airing the video versions of the podcast, but I have plans to do scripted things on that and, and, and things as well. So I'm editing videos and, and whatever. And so it's seven days a week, but you know, I'm doing what I love. I'm very grateful that I get to do what I love and make a living doing it. I, I, I don't know how many people uh, have that luck. Um, so, so I, but in order to catch up on the four months I missed while I was taking care of this, this very wonderful girl that just needed way more help than I could provide. Um, so I had to shift everything. So, and I think I sent you guys a, a preview, uh, before, uh, of a couple of things that are happening. So in January of 2018, uh, I'll be releasing a novella called the Eastern road, which is, you know, I do these micro stories on my blog and I, and I, and I do them in series and I written the series of micro stories. That I went, you know, I really like this and micro stories for people who are listening. It's a great, you're telling a, a story in a paragraph and it's a great writing exercise. And it also helps in a number of different ways. Uh, with your writing. And, but I saw it and I'm like, I, I really want to develop this. So I'm developing it. It's going to be about 110 pages. And it's just a, a, a little story about, it's a post-apocalyptic thing uh, with a, an old warrior who goes off on one last adventure. Um, and then in spring of 2018, I am releasing uh, my first novel under the Chapel Perilous banner, uh, Blood Rebellious, which I think I, yeah. you guys read mm -hmm. some of yeah. the some of the stuff I was working on. Blood Rebellious is a straight up sci-fi novel, and it's about a family of thieves, smugglers, gangsters, and crooks who are out to save the galaxy in a way only gangsters, thieves, and crooks can. Right. And, and I'm having so much fun writing that. And it's, it, I'm, I'm really looking forward to releasing that. Uh, and then I think Ben's favorite, uh, of the stuff I showed you guys, uh, in, uh, most likely January of 2018 or 2019, I'm sorry, uh, will be uh, night mage, mm. which is, yeah. Uh, which I think will probably end up being a series, which is why I'm taking a little longer on it because there's just, you know, Blood Rebellious. And, and as a writer, you have to pick, you know, is this a series? And be honest with yourself. Is it a series or is it a standalone? Mm -hmm. And and Blood Rebellious is a standalone. Um, but Night Mage could end up being a series because I just, there's so many stories there. Oh, and yeah. Night Mage is a modern day uh, sword and sorcery fantasy with a, with a, with a, about a woman who is, going to be tested and, and comes into her own power and figures out who and what she really is. And, and I've, I've shown a couple of people, the stuff I showed you guys and, and the reaction's been the same, which is, you know, I want this now. Yes. yes. Um, oh, yeah, I was, yeah. that one just absolutely. Oh, wow. I, I, it's like, yeah, I need more of this. I know. I know. And, and, and again, I'm going to see where I am in about a week and I might switch blood rebellious uh, to 2019 and Night Mage earlier, because uh, Night Mage seems to be the story I want to tell, but I, I put this sort of uh, release schedule uh, out, uh, but it's no big deal. Uh, so I might switch that. So, uh, but then after Night Mage is going to be the sequel to The Geek, 
uh, called Stillwater. Uh, there's a character in the book named Marion Stillwater, and it's sort of a sideways sequel. Uh, the main character from The Geek is very much involved in it, but it's it's certainly Marion's story. Ooh, I can't um, wait. Can't wait. Yeah, and I know you guys like And I, I love Marion. You, you know, and that was sort of an interesting thing with The Geek because when I was doing that, you know, Marion was not a part of The Geek when it was developed as a TV show or a feature film. And Marion Stillwater was a character I was developing in a completely separate uh, story that I was developing as a TV show. Uh, and, and it sort of fell apart. The, the, the production company went under and it just never went anywhere. And when I was turning the geek into a pulp novel, I, I was, I, I was looking at it and I'm, I'm like, you know, I think Marion really fits Marion and the family really fits in this universe. Right. And when I put him and when I plugged him in, it just made so much sense. Uh, and, and, and allowed me to layer, uh, the universe. And, and so I just, I sort of, you know, felt even more in love with him, um, than, than I already had been. So working on a lot of stuff and I'll be doing audiobooks for the novella, Blood Rebellious, Night Mage and Stillwater. And so, yeah, just a lot of work, but again, it, it, it's so much fun and I love what I do. So, you know, it, it doesn't really feel like work. The only time it feels like work is if, you know, I get smashed by some punk uh, <laughs> the night before and my bones creak when I get out of bed because uh, these terrible children throw me around like a sack of potatoes mm. at the at the gym. Um, so, yeah, so that's what's going on with me. And I'm I'm very excited uh, with with everything else that's going on. And, you know, uh uh, that's that's about it, man. I, yeah. I it's a lot of all ground you're covering. Yeah, well, when you get ready to release any of those things, uh, we'll certainly. We wanted to oh, talk to you now that, about what, what you have going on. I, We're featuring the geek. Uh, well, we continue and, to and feature you know, the you guys geek. Get sneak peeks of everything I do. So yeah. you know, and that and that's sort of the fun thing about this new age we live in is you know the, the you know it started off as just a, a one-off interview when the when the geek came out and we've become friends and we're just hanging out uh, and I love that you know and and it's great when that happens because I've done interviews with other people and I, I just I, I don't want to hang out with those I people. I don't want to talk to I, you just, ever. Well, <laughs> I mean from the moment well you, and you know what we thought about the geek but I I, yeah, I, I know I that, appreciate that I mean. I, from the moment we started talking to you, well, actually, even before we did, I kept thinking, any guy who writes this has just got to be awesome. Well, fair yeah. enough. <laughs> See, I think I think I think it it really turned when because our our first interview, I think we spoke about four minutes about the book, and then somehow it veered off into Blake Seven. Oh, we, yeah, did. we talked I, about I, everything. I think we realized, I think we realized, I think, I think there's a future friendship here. Yeah. 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 Well, that's, yeah. that's always a great indicator when you can see how it, uh, it, it, you, you just jump off these tangents and it's like, oh, we've got all these, all these commonalities going on that. That's when, you know, that that's a really great telling sign. Yeah. And that's still a real stumper for me. I, if, if, if anybody who's listening, especially if you're younger and you haven't seen Blake seven, shame find on you. it, watch it. It is so everybody looks like they're getting ready to do an ABBA tribute show, especially but, in the first season. Oh, my God. It's amazing. It's a, it's incredible. But the writing is top 
notch. And I don't understand, considering how intellectually bankrupt the entertainment industry is. And I say that with love, by the way. When was the last how, time? You, how has this not been rebooted? Uh, well, there's still talk. Uh, when was the last okay. time you rewatched the entire show? I'm just curious. Uh, maybe about a year ago. Including season three? Uh, no, maybe not season three. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, seasons one and two are hot, but season three, yeah. <laughs> I'm rewatching season three right now and it's killing me. Uh, but, you know, well, but it's it's the it's the BBC yeah. in 1982. Yeah. Uh, yeah well, yeah. 1980. 1980. Uh, so... About 1980 is when, yeah, it's it's like the the height of Blake Seven. So that tells you, you know, yeah. the, the the production quality that we're dealing with here. It's amazing. It's so great um, in such a terrible awesome way mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> but yeah awesome but i love way. that show and and you know i remember watching it when it, the first time i started rewatching it which i think was maybe a few months before we talked and I, you know i hadn't seen it since i was a kid and and i forget you know like people like brian blessed show up yeah, yeah. you know the brian blessed voice. yeah <laughs> the greatest voice in the history of voices yes. shows up in this ridiculous show <laughs> Um, and you know, the great thing about it is, is the, the special effects on Blake seven make like the Tom Baker era, doctor who special effects look amazing. So it, it, yeah. it's, a, it's, yeah. Cause it's like BBC had to choose, okay, we're going to pour, you know, and the, the, the special effects in those old doctor who's are terrible, mm -hmm. but, but they're, they're oh, but oh I think no! They the, figured... Yeah, the, the the some of the, some of the the flyby shots are like worthy of. Oh, didn't I just see something like that in in a Monty Python episode? Yeah. I mean, it's like yeah, a paper a cutout that just goes across a black screen, you know? Yeah, but but I'm sure those those you know conversations at the BBC were something along the lines of, well, we're pouring all our money into Doctor Who, so you know, <laughs> yeah. so that's what you can expect is if you think the 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 special effects and in those old school Doctor Who's are bad. Watch, watch Blake, Blake Seven. Seven. It's, exactly. It's, it's just it's, it's but it makes tragic. it tragic. Yeah, but it yeah, it's but kind it's of fun. makes it magical that these actors could walk on set and just get it. It it, it sort of makes you respect I it, it makes me respect the acting process more, you know, because they're they're selling it, man. Yeah. You know, they, they really are. It's uh, I love that show. I, mm -hmm. I could talk about that all day. Uh, what what are you guys watching right now that you're obsessing on? Oh, good heavens. Uh, right now, we're really not watching anything because there's nothing on at the present sure. time. Uh, but uh, in, wow. Um, the, the last thing that we really just kind of went ape gaga over was Sense8. Yeah, I, it's in my queue. I keep meaning to watch that. Everybody says it's it's really good. Although uh, somebody last night told me wait, because I guess it didn't get picked up, but they're doing a movie. Yeah, they're doing uh, a Christmas wrap up. Right. So he said wait, or some and wrap then up just next binge year, yeah. it all at the same time. Yeah, and and another, something else. And uh, did you ever check it? Uh, check out Westworld the series. I did. What was your thoughts on that? I, I liked it. I, I thought they were trying to be overly complex and deep for no reason, but it looks like season two is going to pay off on some of that stuff. Um, it sort of has a Dante's Inferno feel to it. Yeah. Um, but, but I love that sort of thing, you know, uh, but well, didn't the movie have Yule Brenner? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and so, but no, I, I enjoyed that. I haven't had a chance to, I've had stuff to do every Sunday night 
Uh, and so I haven't seen a single episode of Game of Thrones. Neither have we. Well, not, well, we did not watch at all last season. Really? Uh, no, because the season before was so dark. I mean, mm. it was like... Well, it didn't dark. get better last season. I mean, it, it was just so... Unbe- well, actually, I heard really good things about the last season. Oh, no. It was great, but it didn't get lighter. I heard it got more. I well, I, I heard that a lot of the bad guys kind of you know got their due. They they do they 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 do, but but it's certainly you know no no musical numbers break out. It's, well, no, I wouldn't well, expect dang. that. There's really dark stuff that happens, but it pays off beautifully. I mean, I'm not expecting you know like Rocky Horror or something like that. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Uh, I would love that. <laughs> Uh, but I, I, everybody had said that the last season, the, the, the one prior to what we've got going on now was actually much better, but we only got as far as the end of the season before that. So what are we on now? What's, is it six? I think it's six. So yeah, we, we, we watched all of four and then we're like, okay, we're done. I mean, we, we just couldn't get into five because mm. four was just so depressing. It was pretty messed up. Um, I mean, he's like, I needed therapy. Yeah, but, but but five ends amazingly. That's what I have heard. Yeah, so we it's, may it's really good. we you know the beauty of HBO is that it's all there, right? So and, we and may I'll, just we may just kind of you know bite the bullet one weekend and mainline that entire season and then try and play catch up because uh, I've heard that the 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 opener for this year was just off the rails. Yeah, a friend of mine was an ass and ruined that for me, so I ended up watching the opening clip uh, clip online, and yeah, it's it's pretty good. But but I'm telling everybody I, I I come in contact with now, the minute they say, "Did you see?" I say, "No," and shut up, <laughs> stop it. Uh, so I'll, I'll you know I'm hoping next weekend I don't I don't have anything, so I'll I'll watch one through three and then and then four. Uh, but we got some good stuff. I mean, Defenders is coming. What did you uh, think of Iron Fist? You know, I think people need to chill out and and cut Danny Rand some slack. Uh, look, it no wasn't the strongest. Way. It wasn't, <laughs> <huh>? <laughs> I said no way. Oh, we hated it. <laughs> well, look, it wasn't the strongest one. The only thing no. I didn't like <laughs> about, but By the only means. thing I didn't like about the criticism. Because some of the, look, I will say this: it was slow. It the the guy who plays Danny Rand, he's an okay actor. He's okay. He's okay, but his martial arts skill to me didn't seem good enough. Oh it no, it's dre- it was dreadful. Yeah, and and if you are gonna cast Iron Fist, you better cast somebody that can move fast. And yeah, and that was the thing. He was the weakest martial artist in the thing. Uh-huh. But the thing, the, the, but the, the one thing I found very disingenuous about some of the criticism was all the things everybody said that they loved about Luke Cage were the things they said they hated about Iron Fist. Really? Like, like it's a slow burning show like Luke Cage everybody was like oh it's amazing because they're taking their time and it's slow and it's yeah. this and that and then with Iron Fist they're like this is stupid it's slow no I, why are they taking their time that wasn't um, no that was none of our criticism no we, not, not you guys no 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 not not you guys I'm actually I, I'm just surprised people would would actually say that I mean the biggest criticism that the two that I heard uh, were the fact that they, they couldn't stand Finn Jones 
Because um, again, well, a lot of people were unfairly upset that he got cast in the part, not because it's Finn Jones, but because he's a Caucasian. And I yeah, took, but that's but that's, sorry, who, that's who he is in the comic book, right? That that that's the thing. And and for me, you know, I am in social justice warrior mothership, <laughs> and and so you know when I'm talking to development execs and stuff like that, that it, it's and and don't get me wrong, I believe in social justice, but. You know, Iron Fist, the the whole point is it's a white guy. Right, exactly. You know? And and you know, the, the you know, you, you talk about whitewashing, you know, I, I have a real problem with this. Look, I you know, the when there's true whitewashing, I have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. But you know, like the the thing about Scarlett Johansson being cast in Ghost in the Shell which I didn't see. I want to watch it uh, mainly for the visuals. Right. But they're talking about, oh, whitewashing. All anime is whitewashing. Japanese artists draw their characters to look very Western. Well, there's a reason for that. You know, you you need to kind of, I think, maybe sort of understand the Japanese mindset. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. so, So respect that. And then things like, and I don't think it's a great movie, but people talk about, like, I even got into it. Somebody was like, well, you know, and it's Tom Cruise is the last samurai. No, he's not the last samurai. The last samurai is the guy that helps Tom Cruise. Mm. Understand the title of the film. Right. So with Iron Fist, it should be an Asian guy. That's actually kind of racist. In a way, it is. It is. What, a white guy can't learn martial arts? But but it's it respect the... Respect, respect the, source the material. history of the property right. and, it's, it's, and update. Like Luke Cage did it best when he broke out of prison and he looked like Luke Cage. Yeah, that was a hot. From the 1970s. Uh, from the comic book. He stole the clothes. He uh-huh. still wear the headset. Yeah. That was awesome. That was a nice little salute. I loved that a lot. Yeah. Got but, good laughs. Yeah, but Iron Fist, look, the, in my opinion, the strongest show is Daredevil season one. Mm-hmm. And Jessica Jones is tied. Oh yes. And and then it's Daredevil season two, Luke Cage, Iron Fist is the weakest. But having said that, you know, the casting was wrong. And I don't know if Finn Jones, Finn Jones, right? Yeah. Is a martial artist. He's not. Yeah. You really there are so many talented actors with martial arts mm-hmm. skill. Mm-hmm. Real skill. Yep. I'm I when I saw him fight the first time I was like I'm better than this guy <laughs> and I'm terrible. You know, he's too slow. Yeah. He doesn't get it. And and it's it's unfortunate. Now I am hoping that after Iron Fist aired, they went to his house, they put him in a van, they drove him somewhere far away, <laughs> yeah. and he's been training nonstop ever since we could only hope yeah but i think the defenders is going to be great you know but for me the one i'm actually most excited about is punisher that could be interesting i really i get into this a lot with 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 people where they don't like uh what's the guy's name from the walking dead uh who's the punisher right right i know who you're talking about jay barenthal uh john barenthal john barenthal who they go, oh, he's not great. I'm like, he's amazing. He was quite good. I, I think he's awesome as Frank Castle. Yeah, I, I, I thought I, he was an outstanding. 
uh, oh. Punisher. I thought he was great. And, and yeah. he showed a lot of depth to his character, which made him a very, a very strong anti-hero. Yeah, I agree completely. I agree completely. And, and he's so compelling. And, and look, the Frank Castle story is a pretty tragic story. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I just thought he was amazing. And, and I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And Jessica Jones season two can't come soon enough. I, I, I that show was so hard to watch in the best way, mm-hmm. you know, just because you're like, Oh God, what's he going to do? And David Tennant was a brilliant. Oh, he was daddy. evil. He was so evil. He was, he was so good at it. Though. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but I, I love this time of year when there's nothing on cause I can, you know, like I think I told you off. I don't think I said it on air. So I'm watching Ozark and then I'm, I'm rewatching 30 rock mm-hmm. and I love Tina Fey. I think she's brilliant. Oh God. And, I love her. Yeah. Yeah. And rarely do comedies get funnier the more you watch them. And like, for me, it's like the it crowd, the it crowd with Chris O'Dowd. Yes. So, which which I've now seen a billion times. And it's always funny, even though I've watched the same episode a million times. It gets funnier <laughs> each time you watch it. It really does. 30 Rock. I mean, it, I am laughing harder now than I did originally because it's so dense. And she she and her writers did these layer upon layer upon layer that you missed the first time around. And it's what she did was brilliant, mm-hmm. brilliant. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, uh, Tina Fey is amazing. And and it, for me, it's all about watching Tina Fey and Alec Baldwin. Who, who, oh, oh, their yeah. chemistry is beautiful. It's amazing. It's so good. And so then when I, Alec Baldwin's are, mother or his character's yeah. mother shows up. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> oh she, and, God. And, I, and she's just one of those ladies that, that worked for 60 years. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and she's brilliant. Um you know, it, it, it's really just very, very top notch. Um, but, you know, because Ozark is so dark, I'll watch an episode of Ozark and then two episodes of, of 30 Rock. Yeah, we've had to do that a number of times. There's certain shows, it's like, okay, we've watched one episode of this. I, I need yeah. to watch uh, some really light stuff for a while in order to kind of, yeah, I don't, I don't want to go down that, that dark rabbit hole for far yeah. too long. Yeah. Um, but uh, but that's about it, man. So I, I'm, I'm glad you guys uh, uh, are doing uh, everything's going well. I take it. Yes, uh, pretty much. Uh, I think we're you know we're we're slowly making uh, buzz with the show and uh, continuing to network and just hopefully well, you, just keep uh, growing the brand. Well, you you certainly had a an, an insanely good Comic Con. Yeah, we did, and we're. I mean, that was awesome. Yeah, we're. We're making some headway. Yeah, so that's kind of neat. It's it's uh, gonna be hard fought, but I think once we finally get there, it will be well earned. Oh yeah, well as, as my grandfather would say, I was cavelling with pride as <laughs> yeah. I as I saw your posts. Um, you know, and again, very jealous that you got to meet Michelle Nichols. That, that's oh, just that was yeah, that she was just incredible. walked right up to her table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and there she was. Yeah. She had nothing to. And she she was just there with her handler, and I kept thinking, and why is there not a line? Exactly, yeah, man. If if not for Star Trek, then for Deadpool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Deadpool. Stop Deadpool. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come on, she was awesome. That's Leslie Uggams. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> 
Anyway, so well, thank you, John. <laughs> yes. So tell us. Uh, that's recap- not racism. That's yeah. bad eyesight. Right. Recap for us what <laughs> what your releases are, or what your you think your time frames are. And so then- January's the Eastern Road, uh, and then spring will be either Night Major Blood Rebellious. Uh, for 2018, and then January of 2019 will either be Blood Rebellious or Night Mage. Whichever. So let's, okay. yeah, which whichever one I feel should be released. Um, you know, uh, well, I'll call it now just to make everybody happy. So it will be uh, the Eastern Road in January of 2018, Night Mage yes! for Ben, uh, spring of 2018, then uh, Blood Rebellious, uh, January 2019, and uh, Stillwater, the sequel to The Geek, in spring of 2019, and then I'm assuming a nervous breakdown. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And somewhere in there, you've got an audiobook to put out. When I, Several and, audiobooks. Well, I, well the, the Geek audiobook will definitely be out uh, before January. It'll probably be November, December. Uh, and then, this year? Uh, yes, this year. Ooh. This year. I promise. That will be something um, I'm going to be listening to religiously. I, I appreciate that. This one's going to be kind of bare bones, um, you know, but what I'm really working on doing, especially with the novella and Night Mage and, and things like that, is I'm going to be layering in sound effects and things like that. So it's more of an even uh, more... Uh, more of a production. Uh, yeah, but, you know, and just a, a way f- so you can lose yourself in the story, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Uh, so every time I release a project there will be an audio uh book of it coming out uh within a month and a half after the release because what will happen is especially once i'm caught up when the novella's at the editor i'll be working on the you know the next book which i'm also doing but then once it's back from the editor i'll drop everything i'll do the the audio book and then go straight back into writing the next book and then you know what i mean so i'm getting into this rhythm mm. Cool idea. I like that. Oh. So for people who... Let's see if I can pull it off. <laughs> well, we'll be rooting for you. So you if go. people want to follow um, everything that you're doing, uh, obviously you've got some social media presence. What I is that know. presence and so, so people can you... uh, follow all things Jonathan Latt? Well, if you would like to, uh, you can go to jonathanlatt.com. It's, uh, as I like to say, it's all the things you don't care about in one convenient location. Mm. Uh, so on the, on the website, I post, you know, micro stories and short stories. And I also just post updates on what I'm doing. Uh, but there's links to everything, links to the podcast, uh, the, which is called the perilous podcast, which is a half hour sort of conspiracy, paranormal occult. Uh, we talk about everything from JFK to Roswell and other stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's links to the YouTube channel, my Twitter, my Instagram, and Facebook, and 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 all that stuff. And please follow me. I, I tend to follow back, unless you're a porn bot. I, I'm not following back the porn bots. You're not following the porn bots? No. Oh, no. dang it. Yeah. If there's one dang thing it. I know how to do on the internet. You know how to find porn. I know how to find pornography. <laughs> I do not need your help, Twitter. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Jonathan, thank you so much for being on the show, and we look forward to your new stuff coming out. I can't Thanks, wait. Man. And I can't. And as always, we we have a widget on the side for the geek, and we will oh, feature your you. other stuff whenever it comes out. 
And I can't wait to see you guys in October. Oh, right. that'll be awesome. Thanks yeah, a lot. Yeah, it's going to be fun. This is Mark Biaggi, and you're listening to the Two Gay Geeks webcast. And we have a few selected birthdays for August the 7th through August the 13th, 2017. August the 7th, David Duchovny, Louis Leakey, and Mata Harry. I'm not familiar with Louis Leakey, although I feel I He's, should be. Uh, Leaky the anthropologist. Uh, ah, of course. Yeah. Like, a, okay, I thought the name ringed a bell. Yeah. August the eighth, Dustin Hoffman and Dino De Laurentiis. I feel like I need to watch Dune all of a sudden. Yeah, exactly. August the ninth, Gillian Anderson. No, wait a minute. And we just had David's two day two days earlier. Yeah. Far out. And Robert Shaw. Uh, which Robert Shaw? The Irish actor or of the Corral? The uh, Corral. Oh, okay. Yes. August the tenth, Ian Anderson. Uh, the fisherman or the flute player? The same person, actually. Because <laughs> uh, Ian Anderson actually does have a fishery. Oh, is that right? Yes, he does. I that, see. That, that's his main love. He does Jethro Tull in order to bring in money. I see. <laughs> he just does, he does the fishing for he's the got, well, love it's of a, it. It's a, it's a fishery kind of place that he's got. Um, it's, it's an actual <laughs> business. A fishery versus a fisheroo. Yeah, business a fishera. Uh, but he's got this this business where I, I you'd have to look it up but that's he'd been doing that for years oh, interesting. but goes and does the jethro tull stuff when uh, i guess uh he needs to kind of bring in more money than what the company does interesting and speaking of fishers on august the 10th eddie fisher is his birthday far out yeah august 11th ron grainer he was the composer. composer for doctor who yes chris hemsworth Ian McDiarmid and Steve Wozniak. August the 12th, Jane Wyatt. John Amanda. Nath yes, John Nathan Turner of Doctor, Doctor Who. Who again. And Cecil B. DeMille was born in 1881 on August Ready 12th. Ready for my close-up. Yes. August the 13th, Sebastian Stan, Bert Lahr, who oh, was... Oh, he was the uh, cowardly lion. Yes. And Alfred Hitchcock. And that's it for the birthdays this time. Technorama, the podcast for geeks, because geeks are better than cool. You don't hear someone say, get away from me, you cool person. Who's going to have their 65-inch home theater system installed by the cool squad? Not, Not me, me, that's for sure. How much cool cred do you have? Not enough to care about. Think you'll find any canned unicorn meat at thinkcool.com? It's just a part domain name. They don't even have roadkill in a paper cup. That's why you need to start listening to Technorama, because that's what geeks do. Go to chuckchat.com and listen to Technorama before you turn cool. Go give a listen to Chuck and Craig, our friends over at Technorama. And let's see, what's next? Nope, nope, not that, not that, not that, nope, not that.
There needs to be like a record scratch. I have a record scratch somewhere. I don't know where I put it, but it's <laughs> I still haven't put it on my iPad. They need to have it right there in case I you're bought doing like a big six interruption. of them. I bought like six of them. He's <laughs> like, okay, you stop and play. You know, it, it, that that's funny. Yeah. So we're not going to do feedback this time because we're kind of in vacation mode. We're recording episodes ahead of time. So once we get back from vacation, we will do a feedback a palooza. So um, if you want to leave a comment, please do that on our website, on any of our articles about our uh, anything we run as a news item or our podcasts or webcasts. You can comment on our Facebook page or you can call our uh, listener feedback line at 469-TG-GEEKS. That is 469-844-3357. I got kind of lost there. Mm-hmm. You don't need to hear their identification. They're the two gay geeks. They can go about their business. Move along. No, not that. Yeah, I should. I, I really need to find that. We're going to do our follow-up items. Thanks for the nomination for the Parsec Award. Check out our calendar on the website and come see us and say hi at a couple of events. We've still got Horrible Imaginings Film Festival in San Diego on September 9th. We've got OperaCon October 21st before Hercules vs. the Vampires and Phoenix Comic Con Fan Fest November 11th and 12th. And as you know, we're big supporters of independent creators. Jonathan Ladd is one of those independent creators. We are very supportive of his work. We love his work. And if you know of somebody that's an independent creator, please buy their stuff. Or if they're doing a crowdfunding campaign, please consider supporting that. You never mm-hmm. know. You might be part of something big. Support independent creators. As I mentioned earlier, Fan Fest by Phoenix Comic Con is November 11th and 12th, and regular Phoenix Comic Con is May 24th through 27th, 2018. And Opera Con, October 21st. Check it out at Arizona Opera at azopera.org. Special shout out to Doctor Who Talking Who on Twitter. They publish the Doctor Who Fancast Guide which frequently shares our stories, and we thank them for that. If you want to find the Doctor Who Fancast Guide, just go to Twitter and look for at Talking Who. Same thing goes with the Nazi Punching Skull. That's Brian Weber. We know him as Arkel. He publishes the Arkel Times Post-Dispatch News that also shares our stories on a regular basis. If you want to find that, just go to Twitter and look for Arkel. A-R-K-L-E. He also is on Tumblr. He has something called the Incorrect Star Trek Voyager Quotes. Check it out. It's a hoot. Just don't let your boss see you do it. And we want to give a shout out to The Looky Show. At Looky Show on Twitter. And their YouTube is Looky Show. They do a unique. Quite unique. Quite unique movie reviews and and it assorted other things mm-hmm. too so check it out it's really great we love it we yeah, love re- the twins reviews with commentary yes all with puppets and a special shout out to the facebook group puppets. the gay geek puppets 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 what puppets what what, what puppets what puppets i thought that session they're just sisters people they're just sisters um we want to give the shout out to the facebook group the gay geek <laughs> <laughs> for allowing us to post our episodes on their page. And their URL is facebook.com slash group slash the gay geek with a very special thanks to moderator. Moder- ah! 
Late in the day, people. Moderator Jeremiah Reeves. Thanks, Jeremiah. Occasionally click on our Amazon ads. You can see those at the bottom of our articles and on our as widgets on the side of the f- each page. Click on them. Doesn't cost anything. If you choose to buy something, please do it through one of our search ads. And last but not least, please rate us and review us on iTunes and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thank you very much. Up next time, we're going to have another interview. We don't know exactly which one we're going to have. Uh, not quite sure. We, got a we bunch have of several lined, lined up, but lined not sure. Who, to do, I, so. I'm not sure who we're running next. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Uh, yeah, we have no idea. Well, you'll, anyway. you'll find out when we find out. Exactly. And that should do it for this episode of TG Geeks Webcast. Be sure to check out the article for the webcast episode. We're going to have, I don't know if we're going to have any links this time, but we always usually have links on our episode pages. And remember, you can comment on our Facebook page or our website, tggeeks.com, or you can leave a voicemail, 469-TG-Geeks. That is 469-844-3357. I am Keith Lane from TG Squared Studios. Thanks for listening. I bid you peace. Cheers.